When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined on this fine Monday night. Is it Monday? It is Monday, right? I think it's still Monday where you are, too. It is, yeah. Monday night in which the Lakers beat the Charlotte Hornets uh, 124 to 118. Got way closer than it uh, felt like it needed to be there at the very end. Um, I... I had said coming into it that I thought this was going to be one of those kind of let down annoying wins that you walk away from and you just say, you know what? A win is a win. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. It looked like maybe they might blow them out, but then miles bridges and, um, Brandon, uh, Brandon Miller, um, uh, went absolutely nuts and and you know combined for 74 points against the Lakers here tonight. Um, I feel like Vando would have helped against those two guys, but um, I know. don't know, Anthony. I'm not so sure. I think I think Torian Prince probably did as good of a job as could be hoped for. Yeah, I guess that's well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously, an audition game there for Miles Bridges, um, who I am happy to report to this point. The Lakers haven't shown any interest in um, like one of those. That one test of those... balloon for them last year did not go particularly well. And yeah, so I think they may have just, you know, I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised in like asking, Hey, no chance, right? Like that. I don't have to worry about this. Uh, and, and to this point, at least uh, the Lakers have kept their distance. Uh, Phoenix, however, can't quite say the same thing. I also saw a report today that said that the Hornets are like negotiating, like, you know, in, in, in like the trade talks for him where they're like saying, uh, no, actually we're asking for a first round pick now for miles bridges. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like what, what, like all around, like just the, the, the interest yeah. in him in the first place, him playing in the league right now at all. Like, 
all of this stuff just feels really, really, really gross. Like just, just disgusting all around. Um, so I don't want to spend too much more time on it than 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 that. But the Lakers did beat those guys' Hornets team um, and wrapped up a four and two Grammy road trip, which you know could like if they didn't mess around in those first couple games, Atlanta's playing better basketball. So you know th- that that might have just been a, a loss to a team that had kind of figured some stuff out as they got healthier. But like that one and the Houston one. The Lakers very easily could have had like a great road trip. This one, as it is, pretty good. I would say good to pretty good. Uh, but if they like didn't take those other two games, uh, or if they had taken them at all seriously, you're maybe looking at five and one or six and zero. Oh, and I, I just feel like this road trip was perfectly emblematic of of like everything that has happened so far this season. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I think you missed the most important part. We have to congratulate the Lakers on graduating from fake comebacks from a couple of years ago to uh, fake blown leads. Like they're that's mm. better, you know. They they sort of faked us like they were going to blow this lead, but then they're like, no, no, no. Well, it's okay. The Hornets are like a really bad basketball team, guys. It's fine. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make just enough field goals here in the fourth. Although when Spectrum showed that graphic, you know, in the fourth, where it's like the Hornets had more made field goals than the Lakers at that point, I was like. Oh no, this is not, <laughs> this is not a good omen. This is reminding I, me too much of like, uh, of, uh, of, you know, like sort of the one and a half rough years. Yeah. Yeah. Those just like, those just really annoying games at the very, very end where you're just like, Oh, the math is just, okay, cool. This yeah. Except for, inevitable. except for in, in those years, they, they would have been the team that was behind and also making yeah. less field goals. <laughs> Um, the Hornets, I thought like did a lot of things that a tanking team is really good at doing that doesn't allow them to fully come back into the game, right? Like the Lakers were just walking the dog a ton and they had possessions that would last an entire minute, right? Because the Hornets realized after like 10 or 15 seconds of Austin, just standing over the ball in the backcourt, like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Whoops. And then they would go up in pressure or whatever. Or you had, um, like, late in that game, I think it was, like, basically the pivotal uh, possession that that really kind of finished off uh, Charlotte here. Um, you had Bridges was guarded by Rui, who he was torching all game long. And he calls for a pick so that he would get a switch against Anthony Davis. And he <laughs> blocks that shot. It was just like... Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see why you guys have 40 losses or whatever they currently set at. Uh 39, yeah. 39 losses uh is is their number right now. Uh so shouts to the Hornets for doing Hornets things and allowing the Lakers to get out of there with that four and two road trip. My question now, Harrison, is you know, we had a quiet first slop day. We'll talk about why here in a second, but a four and two Grammy trip, no matter how you want to get into the weeds on how it happened or whatever a four and two Grammy trip usually to me indicates that that team is generally pretty good, right? Like yeah, that I, I, teams that teams always... that go on that kind of a run. You're like, okay, yeah, they, they are good. We, we can, I think we can, we can, uh, you know, write down in pen now that the Lakers are, are capable of being a legitimately good basketball team. 
Yeah, I mean, this is always sort of one of the tests of the year because they're gone for so long. It's almost always this, you know, long East Coast trek where you're just sort of, you know, it's like, you know, the the three games and five nights are happening all the time and, you know, all this stuff. And so, you know, yeah, I, I think the fact that they were able to close this one out with four wins straight after starting it out pretty unseriously, I think is also a sort of a sign for optimism that, you know, hey, those losses were embarrassing. It really started to look with, you know, with the subtweets and, you know, LeBron and AD sitting mm -hmm. out against Boston. It really looked like this thing was going to go the complete opposite direction for a minute there. And they were almost going to sort of pack up shop and fold in on the season. And instead, you know, coming out with that huge Boston game, you know, coming out, uh, playing really hard in New York, getting this game done. Um, you know, I, I just, I thought I sort of wholeheartedly agree with you, which I don't get to say often on this podcast. I think, you know, they've shown us that they're capable of being a good team at times. And, you know, nights like tonight also show us that they are capable of being deeply unserious for about like 15 minutes, but just long enough. They, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean the the obvious follow up here is do you think this has shown a front office that I have heard is somewhat reluctant to invest more capital into the season and I can't believe we're asking this question again. Right? How many freaking seasons a in February a row? February tradition have... unlike any other. Do the right, Lakers right. deserve a trade as a treat? Yeah, like do, do LeBron and Anthony Davis deserve more help? Is something that you and I ask seemingly every goddamn year. But yeah, um, I find that that's just a normal sign of a high functioning NBA franchise that they're just like publicly challenging their stars to prove they're good enough. Always. That, uh, yeah. They deserve help. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to hear like uh, Matt Ishbia needs to see a little more from KD before he, uh, you know, gives up any more assets at this deadline. Yeah. Uh, I, Which actually in their I, case I would think... be fair because they don't have anything left. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I do kind of feel like that was Jerry Reinsdorf right back in the day with the Bulls, where it was like at the very end, of, like with that last dance team. Right. Um, and I, I'm not even saying Jerry Krause, because I think he was just given walking orders and Reinsdorf sucked all the yeah. time. We've really seen we've gotten plenty of evidence to that point. Ever since well, Anthony, that it was obviously Krause's fault. They've had so much success since he left. Yeah, right, right. The the uh, common denominator is so spend then. happy. You know, they clearly they just love spending money on the team ever since he was gone. It was just him. Yeah, that's why. Like, I'm I'm covering this deadline or whatever, and the number of like other league personnel when I ask them about like what various teams are doing and stuff, and we land on the Bulls, the number of times people were just like, they're idiots. <laughs> Like I, I want to, I want to like relay that message to Ricky, our boy Ricky, uh, still at SB Nation, and just be like, "Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff that you love, the, all the criticism that you levy against them uh, is carried throughout the league." It turns out. Um, oh, I mean, he knows. We were we were working on on my trade rumor roundup for SBNation.com today, and yeah. uh, one of the reports was Woj saying that the that the Bulls, if they're going to pry open Caruso, and maybe this transitions us into slow day of slop talk because yeah. this was just a funny one anyway, is that they want an OG Ananobi type package for him, which like. A year ago, that meant like you want like a godfather five first round pick, you know, whatever Memphis yeah. reportedly threw at the Raptors type offer, you know, for him. And this year means, you know, as Ricky pointed out, wait, so they want a bad contract and like a young player that the team doesn't want to pay. <laughs> and not even a first rounder. They didn't get a first. No, rounder yeah, there were no draft either. picks in that trail. What do you mean? OG and an OB type package. Like they. So essentially what they're what, what that leak is saying essentially is like. like 
Yeah, we want to remain mediocre. We do not they want, want to bottom. They out. want a player who's been mostly bad his whole career, but is from Chicago and might play harder <laughs> once he gets home, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, we'll talk about the slow first slot day here in a second. And and um, I wrote about, I previewed kind of slop week earlier last or late last week in talking about why I thought this market would develop slowly. And um, hmm, wouldn't you know it, uh, that reporting has turned out true, but the, the, um, the thing I wanted to talk to you about though, here is like, you know, four and two road trip, uh, LeBron looked incredible in this game. Um, you know, three dunks in that, in that, you know, first half Anthony Davis, uh, with a triple double here, um, you know, a quadruple double. A triple isn't double? Okay. I didn't even look at that. Uh, I yeah, didn't even did. look at the stat sheet yet. I didn't realize I was watching the game on mute. So yeah. Um, AD, I didn't realize uh, 26, I knew it was good. I didn't 11. realize he had a triple double. Yeah. 26, 15 and 11 for Anthony Davis. You know, technically speaking, a quadruple double isn't out of the question for him. With the no, way I, I, no joke. I looked to blocks before I looked at rebounds when I just pulled up this or uh, before I looked at assists. Assists. Yeah. The stat sheet just now. That's insane. Uh, but anyway, that's a guy that we have to convince ourselves is is <laughs> worth investing into. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but like to uh, to seriously answer the question from our perspective, um, I, I as offensive as it is that we have to ask it, like clearly the answer is yes, right? Like even if the opportunity cost is a first rounder that you wouldn't be able to include in a bigger package for maybe a bigger star this upcoming off season. I think I'm fine with that opportunity cost. I, I like, especially as like draft capital for these players continues to drop the ex the expected uh, draft capital continues to drop. I think you could get a perfectly fine player with two first rounders. If you have to over the summer. Yeah. So, I mean, not that you're saying this, I, I think the answer is obviously it depends on the player. Um, not that you're saying that just throw it mm -hmm. away to throw it away. Like it, it would yeah. have to be a player worthy of that. I don't know that there's like a ton of players that I'm gung ho about including a 2029 first round pick for that are available right now, which is sort of the only argument, you know, to channel our friend Raj Shapalu, like even the devil needs an advocate. And so I will argue on behalf of Rob Polinka here. Like I think, um, you know, the Laker, I was really hoping you were going to the line out when I said that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think if you're the Lakers, I think the argument you would make is there's, there's not necessarily a guy that you think is worth giving up D'Angelo Russell, given the way that he's been playing plus a first, you know, and maybe that is sort of more the holdup this year. It's less like LeBron and AD, show us that you're worth investing in. It's more like rest of the league, show us that you're worth investing a first round pick in because we would really yeah. like to make this team better, but none of you are sort of meeting that price. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's was, really. I, I was, I was reading uh, Fisher's latest today, Jake Fisher, our friend, friend of the show, Jake Fisher of Yahoo sports. I was reading his latest kind of roundup and the number of guys that like would be useful players in years past would definitely be moved. Wouldn't even be a question that that kind of a player would be moved because that team would want to draft capital rather than not. Uh, getting it whenever that player departs it one in whatever different way that they eventually depart. And it, it, with, I don't know how many examples of it, it was like uh, X team is interested in paying this player beyond this upcoming season. And Y team is really, uh, you know, in love with the experience of having this player there. 
I saw Mark Stein. And, and by the way, when I'm when I'm like making fun of this stuff, I'm not making fun of the reporting because it's all out there. That's all that I've come across too. I'm saying that these teams are being idiots with that approach. And and like um like I'm sorry. Uh Mark Stein reports today that like Malcolm Brogdon is like making the case to why they need to keep him around here moving forward when like because he wants it, he wants his he wants his bird rights and he thinks that they're gonna give him that extension. He's that. like, if I say Portland's really great, maybe they'll pay me a bunch of money. Yeah, but also like if you're Portland, he plays the same position as your two best players. It makes no sense to extend him at like a big number. Right? None whatsoever like it doesn't make any sense to not get whatever first rounder you could possibly or whatever draft capital you can for him right same goes for tyus jones how they're interested in paying tyus jones beyond the season and they're expecting a first rounder for potentially a few months worth of 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 tyus jones's services uh and i can keep on going down the line and, and actually i think that does offer us a good segue here into that first uh that slow first day of slop week where like to a certain extent, and I understand why Lakers fans would be frustrated with the idea that the Lakers might only make a couple moves on the peripheries of this roster. Um, but I'm here to tell you, and like you guys, you guys follow my content. Like you guys hear me talk about this team. I am not the kind of person that, you know, um, it goes out of my way to like, cape up for the Lakers organization, right? Um, but a lot of these teams are just being really stubborn as it pertains to what they're looking to do at this deadline or who they aren't looking to move at this deadline. And to a certain extent with the Lakers, that there's only so much that you can do. And I, I don't blame them for not wanting to overpay for basically everybody mentioned here. There isn't a single player on the market that I would be fine overpaying for. Not one, you know, um, because I, like even even like so the best player on the market uh, because Macau Bridges is not available is is DeJounte Murray. Oh, honestly, not. <laughs> on, all right. You consider the con Harrison, you consider the contract. I think I would rather have uh, Alex Caruso over DeJounte Murray. Is that a hot take? I think I don't think it that's probably is. But, you know, I, I don't know that I disagree with it. Alex Caruso is going to a partially guaranteed $9 million contract, contract isn't year. that bad. I guess that's maybe the only argument that like his contract is fairly reasonable. It's just, it's like you know, four it's, years, 120 million bucks. And he has well, a giant the, trade it, kicker coming up it, in the new NBA. You know, I think as the, you know, that sounds like a lot, but as the cap continues to rise and, you know, stonks just keep going up forever because the Who, NBA stocks are just never going to drop. It's just the yeah. money's always going to be increasing. Um, yeah, right. Just ask. Mark no, I, I mean, in seriousness, I, I don't think his contract is that bad. I mean, do you want my sort of galaxy brain theory for why teams are operating like this? And, you know, uh, it, I think it's that teams, maybe this isn't even that galaxy brain teams don't actually want to resign these guys. They want to depress their market and they want to resign them to a below market deal this summer mm. by, you know, uh, and then they want to trade them for more draft picks later when more of the win now teams have more draft picks. That is the real reason why all these teams are sort of leaking that, you know, or like saying that they want to resign these guys. No, we love Tyus Jones. We want to resign him to a totally reasonable $8 million a year deal that they, we will then shop for the entirety of it. Like we just saw the yeah. Wizards do this with Coops, you know? 
Yeah. And it's not literally I, sign is, him to a, a contract that goes down. It descends. It, they literally, it's a <laughs> contract that is at, it was the most signed to be traded contract until D'Angelo Russell last year. And then the Lakers <laughs> may not even trade him. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and so, you know, if I'm, I guess maybe the argument for throwing in the pick, and this is something that I've been thinking about, you know, um, like it is sort of the same thing is that you get one of these guys in house, you're able to then resign them using their bird rights, you're able to use the cap mechanisms to sort of exceed to keep these guys around or, you know, in DeJounte's case, you have someone sort of locked in. And the other sort of argument that I'd make is a little bit it's impossible to prove right now what the Lakers could do. But, you know, look, there's no free agency anymore. There's no real sense in keeping cap space open, even if you're the Lakers for the most part. Most of these guys resign for the max money possible using their bird rights, and then they force their way to another team. So you're telling me that if the Lakers, you know, only have two picks versus three, and some, you know, player X is sort of trying to force their way there this summer or the next summer or whatever it may be. And they're saying, no, I'm I'm only going to resign with the Lakers or I'm only going to stay with the Lakers. I'm only waiving my no trade clause or, you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be. They are trying to leverage their way to the Lakers. Now, this doesn't always work. You know, it worked for Anthony Davis eventually. It didn't work on the first attempt. Uh, it did not work for, you know, uh, for Donovan Mitchell. And like, there are some guys that it has not worked out for, but for a lot of guys it has, and they've gotten to exactly to where they want to go. And so if you're able to, all these teams now are sort of the approach in trades is, you know, throw all of, uh, th- give me everything in your asset cupboard. So in some ways you're almost better off trading a first round pick now because you're just going to have to include that in whatever big deal you make next year because the teams are going to say, no, 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 you have that other thing. I'm not letting you take the win. I'm taking everything that you have. There are so many factors. It's like if you know you're going to get robbed or you're going to an area where you think you're going to get robbed, like you maybe don't keep as much money in your pocket, you know? <laughs> it's not it's not untrue of, of the way that a lot of these teams have managed their assets. Um, yeah, I think uh, like essentially every time. So while I was writing that that piece and I hope people check it out, I'll put the link in here uh, for those who are, are watching live here on Substack or on on um, YouTube and I guess on Twitter. But um, I was writing about essentially, you know, because the intel that I had gotten to that point was that the Lakers were getting ready for essentially a pretty slow deadline here. And uh, the people that I was talking to, like, I sensed legitimate frustration. Like, I think the Lakers know that they would like to improve this roster, but they don't want to spend a dollar fifty to the dollar to do so, right? And, like, say whatever you will about Austin Reeves and say whatever you will about this being another example of, like, the THT thing. Uh, but I think, I, I you know... I do believe in Austin Reeves. I know the Lakers really believe in Austin Reeves and they believe in him in ways that they didn't necessarily with THT. And we've seen it proven. That belief has been proven time and, and time and time. It's not just the Lakers. Over. Like he, you know, say what, say what you will about the pool of players this summer, but THT never got the invite to go play for team USA that I'm aware of. You know, it's like Austin Reeves is a good player. Now, has he been as good as last year? Has he taken the steps forward that the Lakers would hope for? Are his flaws getting exposed a little bit more with Vando? It's like, you know, the answer to those uh, no, no, and yes, potentially, but it, yeah. he's still a good player on a really good value contract. 
Well, I, I would I would put it this way. The the Lakers essentially like with THT, when when they were negotiating with the Raptors, it was like, no, we just want the uh, the other thing too, right? Yeah. It wasn't that they wanted THT specifically. It was like, no, we want the uh, we want everything that that you have when you're yeah. when you're trading for Kyle Lowry, and in this case, I've even heard that the Hawks are willing for you know to take like a couple assets off of the table if it meant getting Austin Reeves. Right? Yeah. Because that they know they can turn him into assets moving forward. Um, because like I don't think an Austin Reeves Trey Young backcourt is gonna do you very much, but like I do think that Austin has enough value out there that like at some point over the course of his contract, they know that they would be able to turn him into more stuff also. Um <clears throat> and and like the the Lakers essentially are sitting here saying, like, no, like he is off the table for DeJounte Murray. And honestly, I get it. I would I would maintain the same stance. You know, Who's he's putting a, a player as good as him on the table for Austin uh, for uh, Dejounte Murray right now. Well, that's the other thing. Like if I'm the Lakers, like, you know, again, this would this wouldn't be a productive way to negotiate. But you know, in my head, I'm saying like I didn't force you to give up three first round picks for this guy. Like I'm sorry you got fleeced, you know. But right. uh, it, that's not that's not what the market says that he's worth. Right. Well, you know, so the, the teams that have been floated in terms of like you know from probably Atlanta. Um, to drum up I more of a market begging here. Anyone else to get into yeah, the bidding? Yeah, please say you know? you're interested. Um, it was Milwaukee who traded everything that they had for uh, for Dame Lillard, and Utah. Like Utah isn't sending Keontae George over there. No, they aren't. They aren't like they aren't sending Laurie Markkinen over there. Like you're talking about a top three player on this roster in Austin. You know, four of you want to really like debate this kind of a thing. They aren't sending Walker Kessler like the, the, like if, and, and by the way, like if they were, that deal would have been done already. Right. Like I, I'm, I, I I'm was, convinced that Danny Ainge only like leaks interest in these targets just to drive the price up for everyone else or for the Lakers. Like, I don't yeah, think he's oh, ever, it's the a, Lakers. not necessarily just the Lakers. Like he, I mean, I think he's just kind of, can I curse on this? I forgot. Are we cursing on YouTube yeah, or no? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's kind of just an asshole. Like, you know, I, I yeah. think like he did it to, he did it to Miami in the, well, actually he hates Pat Riley. So I guess, yeah. uh, I guess, like, yeah, he's like, no, yeah, we want Dame. We're going to go after him. Totally. We got all these <laughs> yeah. picks. Miami better yeah. put everything on the table, you know? Right. I and he's and just an asshole that wants to drive the price up for everyone else and make them get fleeced. And like, we'll see, we've seen Atlanta, like, sit on an asset far too long and then trade that asset for nothing. Hilariously also to you to Danny Ainge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, maybe they are just stubborn enough to like, you know, not do it or whatever, but like, again, and this is where it's been interesting. And this is where like, I don't like how far out on this limb that I currently sit, even though I've been told even after reporting it by league personnel, like, yeah, no, this is what it seems more like. But nobody else is talking about this. Nobody else is mentioning the fact that like Atlanta is demanding Austin Reeves for DeJounte Murray and that those talks have not gone anywhere because the Lakers are like, no. And Atlanta's like, please. And the Lakers are like, no. And the and Atlanta's like pretty pleased with a cherry on top. And those are, and the Lakers are like, no, <laughs> they just keep going back and forth. Yeah, Atlanta's and, like, we'll keep playing him with Trey. 
Watch. Yeah. You don't think we'll do it? Watch us do right. it. <laughs> Look at us. We're winning. It, like, it's always great when a team, like, does their winning, and then they go back to the team. It's like, see? You see what we're doing over here? You see? You see? We're, we're like, run yeah, by the owner's totally kid. He lives in Los Angeles. You don't think we'll do but, something dumb? Watch us. <laughs> did you Did you see – Um, uh, you're not really a football guy, right? But did you see the the leaking that, that came out of the Washington Commanders I did see organization? that. That was very funny. Um, <laughs> like, they just hire a head coach. They just hired their head coach. It's supposed to be this momentum occasion, momentous occasion. First head coach that new ownership hires or whatever. And and rather than celebrate the fact that they got Dan Quinn, which I wouldn't celebrate much either, but like with, rather than celebrate the fact that they got him, they're like, man, that guy from that offensive coordinator from freaking Detroit has been such a dickhead about all of this. And he didn't have to act. Uh, he's never going to get a job in this town with the way that he does business. And meanwhile, Dan Quinn's like, yeah, I'll take my first question over here if anybody's interested. Um, we and call like, that that's a Frank kinda... Vogel. Um... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so similar. But like we were like, um, like I was, you know, in, in like listening to the way that Atlanta is kind of like doing this again, the rest of the league. And, and again, like it's kind of like the Chicago thing that we mentioned earlier, where the rest of the league is kind of looking at Atlanta like, what are you doing? And I think everybody, and but because there are so many teams that are doing it this way, I think a lot of like, Teams around the league are just kind of saying, like, wait, is this is this how we're doing business now? Like, are we are we sure you're gonna lose that guy for nothing? You just traded John Collins for a half-eaten day-old ham sandwich. Like, what are we, you're doing it again? You yeah, know, Anthony, and, and, I, I, and there I'm, they are. I'm gonna break some news to you. I don't think the Hawks are very well run. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Can I can I I hope this doesn't get aggregated because the details are somewhat fuzzy here. But as I've had it told me, like it by some right, people, this is, not this at is 2748 of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> and, uh... but no, like, no, I'm just, it's okay. I'm just making my own notes. Yeah, just to totally, totally. But so I, um, not like Silver Screen um, aggregates me anyway, but like we were, we were, um, we were like, I was talking to some people about those conversations and those negotiations. And apparently, like, they got far enough to where, like, both sides were getting ready to move on to projections. That's already out there. And um, and then all of a sudden, ownership caught wind. that Oh, you're talking to the Lakers? Don't they have that Reeves guy? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. exactly the picture that the leaks painted, was a side that was frustrated that they had sort of gotten pretty far down the line. Both and sides were pissed. Came in like, and was like... <laughs> Wait, you're not getting Reeves? <laughs> Don't you know where we're located? You know he'd be yeah. really popular here, right? Like, you know. Um <laughs> so like so that's that's why like and again, like you're you're telling me I've... that the owner's kids who a kid who just hired like his friends to run the front office, like that's not and like uh, that's not going super well. I think that uh, wasn't one of the guys that he hired to be in the front office. Didn't he used to do like NBCS. Yeah, he was, a, he was a Warriors blogger. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. This isn't working out. <laughs> hey, uh, hang on now. Yeah, I think if you ran, if you hired just like local bloggers, people who, you know, sort of made their name covering the team, you know, in the book, mm -hmm. I think they could be great assistant GMs if you wanted to pay them. I'm just saying. I don't, you know, any I'd NBA teams, get at me. I'm, I, I will. <laughs> I'm ready to be your uh, nipple baby allegation shield. <laughs> the shield, yeah. I will definitely be your your uh, diversity hire. 
please. I'm happy to be your Chaz, the bartender. Anyone, <laughs> anyone you want. Um. So anyway, that's what that's the latest that I've heard on the Murray front is that like both sides just kind of sitting there waiting for the other side to move off of their um, stances. The Lakers are absolutely not moving off of their stance. They are not going to trade Austin Reeves for DeJounte Murray. And the Hawks, uh, you know, look, sometimes it's as, as, as simple as ownership gives marching orders and you got to march, you know, and, and yeah. uh, so long as their ownership seems to prefer Austin, they're going to lose Murray again for, you know, pennies on the dollar where, like, if, if you're to ask me, Harrison, and and I'm biased, obviously, but D'Angelo Russell, who's having a very good season, Jalen Huchofino, a first-round draft pick, uh, another first-round draft pick in 2029 that is almost definitely going to happen after LeBron James is no longer a Laker. I feel and, like we don't have to say almost definitely. Well, dude, I mean, do you... Did you watch him in the first it's half? Five years he was dunking now. on everybody. He was. <laughs> it's five. He's not still going to be He's... playing in five years. Come on. I mean, I have like... as much respect for LeBron as anyone, but like, he's not. He's he's thirty nine. He's not. He's Imagine not if that's a holdup. Imagine if that's a holdup. Like teams that are like, is there any chance you can actually go further down the line? Because did you just see what he just did right now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That 2031's looking a little better now. I'm not gonna lie. The next CBA, they're gonna allow you to trade like picks 20 years off into the <laughs> yeah into the distance. The LeBron James so, rule. It's like the hilariously the op- opposite of the Ted Steffian rule, right? Yeah. He was also like a Cleveland guy. But anyway, um, yeah, the Dejounte thing. You know, there isn't a ton of optimism that I have sensed in this front. And, you know, these things change uh, quickly, obviously. So we could wake up and, uh, and you know, their ownership kind of wakes up or whatever. But as of now, it doesn't seem like Murray is happening. Um, the Bulls have made fewer trades than any other organization in uh, the sport over the last, you know, like 10 years or so, I forget what that, where, what exactly the stat was. Um, and when you see they're asking prices, like they're, they're asking for like legit draft capital for, for um, Andre Drummond Harrison. And, and I look, I, I'm, I'm going to blow you away here. I think he would help in, in the proper role. Over, um, over the, the, you know, the killers, the Lakers have at center. You think, you think he could? <laughs> maybe maybe just maybe but um but they're asking for like legitimate you know draft capital for this guy and he, he's barely making money over the minimum he's like a historic buyout guy buyout candidate yeah. you know like it, it, it and, and again a like, buyout for a lot more money than this yeah and and no like they're probably gonna hold on to him and not get anything for him either and and it's just like the to like the, the point of talking about all of this is, you know, normally day one on slop week is where these teams start to come off of their stances and we've seen some of it. Like we've seen a minor drop, but like not nearly enough. Like the, the conversations yeah, we saw the that Nets heard... publicly go from, we want two firsts for DFS to like, eh, if you have second rounders, like we'll think about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, Maybe, 
Um, though again, Jake Fisher is continuing to report that they're expecting a first rounder and a good player, um, a, 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 an actual NBA, uh, role player now for him. And, and like, you know, to the extent that the Lakers can you do anything, I, if their hands are tied by the way that the market is shaping up, then I don't really know what we can plausibly expect of them. And, you know, I'm somebody who wants them to make a move. I personally would love, you know, especially with the Vanderbilt injury. And we can, I guess, touch on that here in a second as well. But like, you know, with Vanderbilt potentially out for the year, you probably need Dorian Finney-Smith more than you need an upgrade from uh, D'Angelo Russell to DeJounte Murray anyway. So like, I think that is kind of pro like, I think Murray is still technically their priority, the Lakers priority, but I do think that they are spending a lot more time internally talking about Dorian Finney Smith now, because that situation might actually get updated. We, they might get new information on that front. Um, and, and I, I, I you know what? I kind of, I, I, I think that's the, the smart path forward here. I, I personally, who would you rather have Harrison? Like, if you had to, because essentially you're going to be trading pieces from the same offer for those two players, right? Um, whether it's D'Angelo Russell, whether it's the 29 pick, whatever, what, what have you, uh, you are, you know, there's opportunity cost in bringing in those guys, and the opportunity cost is likely the other guy. Who would you rather have, Finney Smith or Dejounte Murray? So I would rather go after Finney Smith, but not for necessarily, not because I think he's like a better player or anything, obviously. Uh, I just think that he's sort of what the Lakers need more. And I mm -hmm. also, I mean, I just tried it in the trade machine while you were talking. Uh, DFS for Gabe Vincent works in the trade machine. You yeah. could, that's a legal trade. DFS you don't have to give up the Angelo Russell. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if the cost of that is like, you know, like, uh, like a couple seconds and the Lakers have extras from the Clippers from that trade they made last year. And you can get in there for that. I mean, I sort of am still that I think somebody will probably make a better offer than Gabe Vincent in like a couple seconds for him. But if they aren't, then I'd certainly be more interested in that. And then you still have all the picks to play with. Like, I don't, I mean, to me, he's just not worth a first. Yeah. I go like, I mean, it depends on how much protection they're willing to put on it and how, like, yeah, I guess, what, I guess that does change things. Yeah. What the result of the protection would be, right? Like, one of my favorite reports right now like is if you how, could lottery protect it, then I think that I'd be interested. But I don't think that then, I don't, if you're the Nets, I don't know why you do that. I mean, because it's still a first, you know, and, yeah, and it I can guess. translate they can, into they can multiple say they got seconds. First. Yeah. You know, well, there's that. Well, but that's the thing, though, right? Is that like my favorite report right now or leak from, seller x is <clears throat> you know detroit turned down multiple first rounders for Boyan last year like why should i care <laughs> yeah yesterday also price is not today's price sorry right. sorry you made that bad again it sorry goes you back were done the, last year <laughs> it goes back to the murray thing it's like i'm sorry you made this mistake you know with right. your with your uh, it's sort of in the no, way that you negotiated exactly like that like this here right the nets rejected two first for dorian finney smith Okay. All right. You All right, bro. I wouldn't have done that, but good for you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like... also, like, you, the funny thing about those kinds of reports, right, is that it ignores not all first-rounders are the same, right? Yeah. So, like, you, you, might be, you might be turning down 
two first rounders, but if both of those two two first rounders are both like top twenty five protected, then are they? I was really gonna say one of them rounders? is top twenty eight protected. Uh, it was it only conveyed <laughs> if it was the twenty ninth or thirtieth pick, but I guess it is technically two firsts. Right, and so like yeah, that's that's like it, it, they try to reset the market and they're trying to drum up more of a market to get back to the good old good old days back when. Um, you could get 73 Back first rounders for Rudy Gobert. still have their picks. Yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, those days are gone. You know? Like, I, I, yeah, and, 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 yeah, you could hold on to these guys, but there's also risk involved with holding on to them, right? Like, you know, uh, what? another another part of sort of my th- theory and thought process on why teams are trying to sort of like ask for so much and being unreasonable is you can always come down from your price later. But right now, yeah. the other thing is the Thunder might be buyers and they have like every single first round pick, basically. And so yeah. you don't want to leak that like, oh, our guy's only two first round picks. And Sam Presley's like, OK, I'll take him. When you think well, that maybe you could get, you know, like or maybe you think that you could get two firsts from him. You know, yeah. but you don't think that you could get it from anywhere else. And it's like, okay, maybe if he thinks that's the price, then he'll sort of put it on the table. What's funny though is that like there's actually some of that going on where everybody's just kind of like looking at OKC and waiting for them because they know eventually those picks are gonna have to be moved. There are literally not enough <laughs> spots on a roster for them to draft all of those players. So either they're gonna be yeah. trading some of this current crop of clearly very good NBA player. Or eventually they're going to have to, you know, overpay because they have so many of these picks. And the rest of the league is kind of like looking over there like, I mean, can you do something so that that threat no longer weighs in the balance? It's kind of like what the league has done historically with um, in order to blackmail cities into, uh, you know, forcing them to pay for new buildings and renovations and stuff is like, hey, Seattle sitting right there. Look at Look at Vegas. They want a team, you know, and if you don't pay up, those cities are ready to take on that team happily. And I think all of these sellers right now are like, you got to give up every pick that you have at your disposal. Cause look at what we look at what OKC could possibly do. Even though everybody knows Sam Presti has a pick fetish. So like, there's not, there's not, I mean, historically what they're going to do is they're going to trade their sixth man of the year for uh, who will later become an MVP and get sort of like, you know, some picks back. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Who would that be? Would it be Kason? Be Kason or, you know, like, like you're not wrong, Harrison. They are going to have to start either trading those picks for future picks, I guess, uh, in order to not mess up this roster or they can have to mess up the roster. And, and, and that's the, and, and so like, I don't know. So, you know, point being, you're unlikely to get him for seconds. I actually think the point is that you might, you know, like usually at these deadlines, you do have to, uh, these teams who don't want to lose these guys for nothing, um, will come off of those prices. Um, or, or they just, I guess, well, you know, I guess Finney Smith is under contract again next year and he becomes expiring. He's under contract for two more years. So, I mean, they can get away with that stance for now, but I mean, again, you run into the risk of the flip side of that is the less years a guy's under contract, the less you're going to get for him. And so, you know, like you may have to come down to what the prices were closer to what the prices, the offers were this year to move him next year because the team's not getting him for a playoff run. Or you have a Boyan situation where for whatever reason, you you know the player takes a step back and now all of a sudden there are fewer teams interested in in a diminished player. Boyan hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. And so there are fewer teams interested in Boyan, you know. 
So yeah, well, and yeah, they need I, him to avoid. Uh, uh, they need him to make sure that they win at least ten games. You know, they need. Um, I could, I, I don't know. I, I put the link in here and I could, I guess, run through some of the other factors here. You have the flat lottery odds. You have the play in tournament. You have owners looking at that play in game, right? That is a game of playoff revenue, essentially. And a lot of these owners, like they aren't going to okay selling parts that might help you get to one of those games, um, until they know for certain, that they aren't going to be in it. So I think what you're going to have, and this is what I predicted in that piece is, uh, which is free by the way, it's, it's not paywalled anymore. So you guys can all go and read it. It's, it gets into the weeds and stuff. I promise I try to keep it light, but essentially my prediction is that a lot of these teams are going to wait until the very, 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 very end. And then you'll get a flurry of moves right there at the, you know, right coming up against that deadline. And um, you know, in which case for the Lakers, you know, it's kind of nice for them that they have two days off between now and, and that deadline. They can just fully focus on this. They don't have to hold guys out of games between now and then. Um, you know, they can have these conversations. Uh, you know, uh, they won't be on the road, right? So LeBron can come home and if he and Polinka want to sit down. Because one factor here, Harrison, that we haven't talked about yet, and I don't think has he, uh, I've seen talked about quite enough yet, is the fact that LeBron does have that player option this upcoming summer. And no, yeah. I don't think he's in the business of foregoing $51 million in salary. But I also do think that like he might have a breaking point where he's just like, yeah, do what you want to do. I'll let you know about my, my decision. And if that's how he's going to feel about it, do you feel confident if you're the Lakers in, in giving up that 29 first rounder, not knowing that they would convince LeBron to stick around for for that player option? I don't know, you know, and it does feel a little just... bit like his last year with the Caps where whatever that pick was, I think it ultimately became Colin Sexton. They didn't want to put it on the table because they're like, "No, we don't know if you're going to be here next year. We're not giving this up," you know? And Yeah, yeah I mean, it, and and that's how and that's for the Lakers they... like, "Yeah, we don't know that you're going to be here in 2029." Uh, so we're not <laughs> sure about giving this well, up. Well, I mean, that's not that's not <laughs> I can't believe it's even like on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's even like kind of remotely on the table that he might be there in 2029. He might still be better than like 60% of the league at 45. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't bet against him. I, I mean, I think he could do it. I spent like one game a week, you know, he's <laughs> it's basically what Embiid plays. Um, but yeah, I, I like, <laughs> But like I, I look at I look at all of everything that's going on here, and while it 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 is kind of a bummer. Like I had somebody say, I really appreciated all of your intel throughout this trade deadline, but I wish you had better news to give us. I agree, man. I wish these teams weren't stupid. I wish I wish it was as simple as me being able to hop on here and say that I thought the Lakers were being stupid. But I actually think that they've handled this quite well. I actually think what they're doing here is actually pretty smart. When you consider the high asking prices, when you consider how many teams are being dumb, and when you consider the fact that like what they do doesn't guarantee you LeBron opting into that 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 player option this upcoming summer. Oh uh, no, of the that he did change you. You're not willing to criticize the Lakers. This is unbelievable. That's it. I don't. This is. <laughs> this is not the. This is not the Anthony Irwin I signed up for. <laughs> I have to be the negative one now. This is BS. Wait, you I like you don't honestly disagree. No, but 
Um, all right, there's two more things that I wanted to hit on before we get out of here. One being the the Jared Vanderbilt update. So the Lakers tweeted out today that uh, Jared Vanderbilt is going to be reevaluated in three to four weeks, which a lot of folks took as an opportunity to dunk on the reporting to this point, which has not been that optimistic about Jared Vanderbilt and the rest of his uh, season. I said over the weekend, stand by it, that there are people within the walls uh, they're at the Lakers facility who are preparing for him to not be available for the rest of the year. Um, I have heard that is it has affected their approach to the, this trade deadline where they do realize um, like those who believe that this season can be salvaged uh, think that the Lakers should focus more on somebody like Dorian Finney-Smith than uh, they were previously on DeJounte Murray. Um, and none of that, to me, to, to my understanding, has changed even after that tweet. And uh, Harrison, what I wanted to talk to you about is how similar that whole reevaluation cycle is to Kendrick Nunn, to Gabe Vincent, right? Yeah. Like this idea that like they are going to reevaluate him in three to four weeks and people taking that as optimism. And by the way, like fandom, you're going to grasp onto whatever hope that you possibly can. So I understand it. But at the end of the day, like the information that I have in front of me is that it was a serious midfoot injury. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong in the middle of your foot. And uh, it takes, it can be very complicated coming back from it. And the Lakers um, do, there are people who, who again are bracing to, for not having him for the rest of the year, but I don't know. Do you, do you, do you see any more reason for optimism based off of that tweet? No. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want me to say? No, I mean, no, uh, like not really. I don't know. I mean, it's like you, you already covered it. I mean, these reevaluation dates are always just, it's a reevaluation date. It's not a date that the guy necessarily comes back. I mean, it's possible that in three to four weeks they look at it and they're like, great, he's good to go. But how many of these have we seen where it's like three to four weeks and they're like, well, we'll have another update for you in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like essentially with those other guys, and this is happening later in the season, but remember with both, uh, none and Vincent, right? They did the reevaluation thing. They did the reevaluation thing. And then eventually after one of those reevaluation, reevaluation um, updates, we didn't get an update, right? Like, yeah. a, like at that time of <laughs> like, you wait a couple weeks and then you look, you're like, wait, weren't we supposed to get an update here? And then you just never get one. And then in yeah. Vincent's case, you waited about a week and you found out that he was getting surgery. Right. Yeah. Um, and in Nunn's case, you waited however long you waited, and he was a Washington Wizard. So, yeah. <laughs> so no, like, he played I, he, games for the Lakers the next season. People forget that he he actually uh, he had like multiple like twenty minute games. Did he? I thought he played for the Wizards. I think he had well, like a big dunk after for the after they traded after they saw him play for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. They they sent him out for Rui. Um, yeah, and like look. It indicated there's a chance he does not need surgery, but like, that's what, all right, here's another example of this. And I know that I just poked fun at him a second ago and I probably shouldn't have because it is too soon, but with Joel Embiid, right? That's essentially what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing where they're like holding off, actually, you know, giving us the information that we all know at this point, like they're saying there might be a flap 
loose in his meniscus. Yeah, no, Anthony, you know, it's not a tear. There is a flap, and he's not having sur- – there's a loose flap, which is not a tear, even though every medical update says it's a tear. Uh, and so yeah. functionally, you cannot have a loose flap without a tear. But anyway, it's a loose flap, and they're not having surgery. He's having a procedure, okay? That right. could mean anything. <laughs> just like, Just like, remember, Nick Nurse was like – uh, the the injury that he suffered was not had nothing to do with the injury that he we all watched him labor through in that game had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Like all these guys are doing, all of these teams are doing is protecting their own asses because they showed them um, yeah. in letting him play the way that they did, and and they're they're you know ensuring that they can maybe survive you know the rest of the season given that, that they seem to have very clearly mishandled Joel Embiid's injury. And I think here with the Lakers, I, this is not apples to apples. It wasn't like Vanderbilt being out there put him at more risk of the injury that he suffered or whatever. But I do think that they're going to try to slow trickle this news out there. Well, I mean, it did. Just, I mean, object. I'm not saying the Lakers did anything wrong, but, you know, you have more of an injury, suffer more of a chance of suffering a basketball-related oh. injury playing basketball than not playing basketball. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I meant like I'm I, I, again. Because... I'm not saying they did anything wrong. It's just you know, yeah. just, uh, definitionally, it did up the chances. It, d- it didn't make them inevitable. But well, look, man, I might develop a flap in my meniscus just sitting here talking to you. I don't know uh, if uh, that I mean, is given my anything injury history, I think I'd say it's more likely it will happen to me. But um... <laughs> but like um, also this time of year, if you're the Lakers, it makes sense to slow play this information, right? Because you don't want to appear that much more desperate in those conversations as you're trying to make up for yeah. Jared Vanderbilt's yeah, potential that's a great point. You know, yeah. so like there's there's all kinds of reasons for them to 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 release the information in the way that they did. And, and, and famously, yeah. no NBA team. I, I love that teams do this, but it's like, yeah, like every other NBA team does the same thing. So they're not really, they're not going to be confused yeah. by you saying this. Like they know what you're right. doing. It's like the whole starters thing, right? Releasing starters yeah. only a half hour before the game as if like, God, man, how, how are we supposed well, to Let me know get back we there, grind some tape real quick on, yeah. on this guy in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, the funny thing is that like they do that, but they never really sur- like really surprise you with the starting lineup where like, it's not like Skylar Mays is all of a sudden going to be starting for you with like, if you really want to throw a team off, you wait till the last second and you start Skylar Mays, right? No, like, if you really want to throw a team off, you leak to Anthony Irwin that the starters are changing and then you don't change them <laughs> or you change your mind. I swear I'm standing yeah. by that. Um, Shabu again, there's uh, there's new reporting about the Mavs being unhappy with Lucas slash Kyrie. What's the percentage chance they stand still here and try the three first round plan at the draft? I wouldn't give up three first rounders for Kyrie. Didn't the Would Lakers you? not I... want to give up two first rounders for Kyrie last year? Yeah. Yeah. And or also, did they, like, were they willing to include both firsts? I don't remember. I It's, it's right. been like a year. And to yeah. Gary's point here, right? Not all firsts are created equal. If the Lakers have two post LeBron first rounders at their disposal, which they likely will. Yeah. Those are more valuable than like any three, a combination of three picks from most teams. And so the I Lakers can sort of push it off because they're like every other team thinks we're dumb. So they know the, they think these picks are going to be great because they think I'm going to fuck this all up after LeBron leaves. And exactly. They're wrong. I'm going <laughs> to trade those picks. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, because I, this is like, I think a topic born specifically for us, um, the conversation about Anthony Davis being an all-star 
and all of look at that that was perfect that eye roll on point harrison very well done um especially for our our uh our our strictly listening audience <laughs> yeah well i mean look I, I i try to give the i try to add some value for the youtube people you know i got one button undone uh like i'm rolling yeah, my yeah. eyes I'm, I'm you know <laughs> I'm flashing cleavage. I'm doing facial emotions. You know, it's just, I, I try to give the YouTubers a reason to subscribe to, you know, the Lakers lounge on YouTube. If you're not subscribed already, please do subscribe. Um, but I, so it was, it's just such a perfectly Lakers specific topic because people know that Lakers fans are going to quote tweet those stupid disingenuous talking points. They know that we're going to talk about them here. That's why I'm not naming anybody specifically, Amin Al-Hassan, about like the points that were made on on that front. Um, like I I understand the business of this and the business of criticizing and knocking the Lakers because you are going to benefit from the people who like listening to the Lakers get knocked and you're going to benefit from the hate traffic that you generate from Lakers fans who are going to dunk on that disingenuous content. But the idea that Anthony Davis, who is like somehow holding together with duct tape, some fishing string, and a ball of yarn, and even respectable Lakers defense, and in the second that he isn't available, the Lakers give up 150 points regularly. Uh, the the idea that he, while he's also enjoying the best passing season of his career, and has clearly taken a step forward in that regard shouldn't be an all-star um, is just such a perfectly NBA Twitter topic. It is just, uh, you know what? I respect it. Well done. Everybody. Look, Anthony, I, I'm going to go to bat here for the media and just say like, you know, these West coast games, they're on late. <laughs> <laughs> that show is based out of Miami. That is fair. You know, it, it's just tough. You know, I I think sometimes, you know, it's uh, or, you know, sometimes the Kings are playing at the same time as the Lakers. So you don't know that Anthony Davis is good. You know, it's well, just... like so this is the other thing. They're like, well, why do the Lakers get two all stars here and the Kings get none? Because look at the all... rest of their roster. That's why. <laughs> like, well, well, also, even more importantly, one of them was named by fans. Yeah. Like LeBron is a fan vote guy. Like, yeah. There are more Lakers fans. That's why you idiots like, and, and by the way, you aren't idiots. Like these people who are doing this are smart. They know that we're going to react the way that we are. I don't understand how you could watch the sport of basketball and come to the conclusion that De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis were better than Anthony Davis. Yeah. Especially Sabonis. We watched what freaking Kavon yeah, I get, you know, Fox. Uh, yeah, we, we did. We all not watch the Kings without uh, without Fox earlier this year. Yeah, well, you had you had Sabonis like just barely, just recently got out of the locker that Kavon Looney stuffed him in in last year's postseason. Like, yeah, it kind of matters, man. Like, that yeah, was it's a, like that was a... Anthony Davis is a clown. He doesn't want to play center. Demonis Sabonis is a man. He plays center badly on defense. <laughs> Meanwhile, LeBron, AD is Why can't Anthony Davis center? just man up, play center 100% of the minutes, and just let guys walk to the rim? I don't understand. It's just... All, well, all, well, don't forget all of the games that Sabonis meaning, meaninglessly fouls out of because like, he can't play defense without fouling. He can't play no, offense Anthony, without Anthony, running into people. Anti, that's anti-King's bias, okay? 
I don't know. I yeah, would. I would. Anthony Davis would foul out all the time if he played for the Kings. <laughs> it's true. It's that clearly it's true. The Lakers tonight the best shot player in Kings franchise history, but you know, it's... unfortunately, this game, this win that the Lakers had tonight does not count. The Lakers shot 19 free throws to the Charlotte Hornets, 14. So look, you know, points are being made, Harrison. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, if you took away I, though, those those five free throws, the Lakers would have only won by uh, yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> but like the I forgot it got really close at the end. Yeah, I was gonna um, say Harrison, yeah. this might got real not close. All right, <laughs> still would have won <laughs> just by just by one point. Would have been a little closer. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do after these games where people complain about the free throw differential is just subtract. Yeah the amount of free throws by the amount of points that they outscored them by. And they probably Granting still that outscored they would make them, all of those just... free throws. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I wish, and I understand that, that it, this is not the like league is the... just, they're so determined to rig the league for the Lakers that uh, that is why they're in like 10th place right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> they would be 11th if, if yeah. not for it being rigged, but like, I don't know. I, I understand that what we do here is supposed to be entertaining. And that apparently is like the priority here. Right. And like, to a certain extent, I agree. Right. I'm sorry. Like there are, you're in ninth place. I uh, forgive me. You were, I, there I, are, I them. there are some people whose content is, is, is incredibly like not disingenuine. I guess that would just make it genuine. Um, they, there are people whose content is very smart and all those things. And it doesn't traffic because that host or whatever isn't, um, as as entertaining or whatever um there are platforms that like you know the libertard show knows what they're doing there again all like espn has known what they have been doing there for years remember back when they were like ranking kobe outside of like the top 30 in yeah. in those like i mean anthony knows what he's stuff. doing right here he's gonna put up a youtube short of this that's just why the clown fraud media doesn't properly respect anthony davis making the all-star game Exactly. Lamestream media doesn't, un you know, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I found myself um, like more annoyed at myself that I didn't see this coming with a AD, like in the all-star conversation about it. Like I, I, I thought for sure I gave people enough credit that they wouldn't do this and then was like very, very wrong. And I and, know that and, for All-Star, you're not supposed to take the playoffs into account and stuff like that. But we all watched the playoffs last year. Who do you think was yeah. more valuable? Was it AD or was it DeMontis Sabonis? Like, I, I don't We've know, all watched just... basketball this season. Yeah. Who is yeah, more valuable, Anthony Davis or DeMontis Sabonis? It's not close to me. Like it's just, One guy is, like, really good offensively and really bad defensively. The other guy this year has been really good offensively. And really good defensively, like best in the on the planet, good defensively. And now, now we're just we're we're, we're yeah we're no sitting and, here. And also, Sabonis, uh, oh, Demontis Sabonis is uh, Anthony Demontis Sabonis is such an elite offensive one way force that he is averaging five less points per game than Anthony Davis. How about um, rebounds? Is he out rebounding Anthony Davis? Uh, yes, yeah. By how uh, by by point eight. Oof, man, well, in that case, I take back everything I said. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. He... Uh, how about um? Well, assists. He probably has. Well, no, I think AD has been passing the ball pretty well this year, so it might not be that big of a gap. Is it like four or five? It's a, it's four point three. 
I mean, yeah. I think Anthony, it's clearly got to be that the Kings have a way better record. And you know, they are, they are in fifth place. The Lakers are in ninth place. Those jokers, they have two whole less wins than the Kings. <laughs> um, Sabonis. How's winning he doing was in supposed this? to matter. Unbelievable. How's at the, the, the Sabonis, how is he doing in the stocks department? Well, Anthony, I got I got some bad news for uh, the Sabonis fans in that uh, I did not have the that detailed of stats pulled up. Uh, but is 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 uh, is Sabonis averaging a total stock per game? Yes, he year? is. He is averaging. Uh, he is averaging one point three stocks. Woo! All right, now Anthony Davis is averaging. Uh, I would imagine double that. Yeah, he's averaging three point five. <laughs> Almost triple. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, that I, I like it was just it was a topic that I wanted to end on because we could sit here and beat our chest as like the Lakers homers and stuff. And yeah, I I'm excited our, our, our for like Kings fans to send me death threats over that tomorrow or whatever it may be. <laughs> I guess just cut this part off when you post this clip. No, I'm going to post this specifically. Um, <clears throat> all right. That I think is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. The Lakers beat the Charlotte Hornets 124 to 118. Um, I am still told that it is a relatively quiet deadline that they are preparing for as of right now, but that can always change in a matter of minutes. And if it does, I'll be right here back in the lounge to break that down and, and update you <clears throat> given what I know about that situation when I know it. Um, and I would love nothing more than for, you know, me to be, me to be able to like hop on here and and do one of those breaking news type shows but it just doesn't appear as if that is in the cards right now but uh until the next time you guys hear from us that was harrison fagan of sb nation i am anthony Irwin. this has been the lakers lounge and we will talk to you tomorrow